Welcome to the Jordan Peele Love Hour, or hour and a half, or two hours. I don't even or, know how long you know, it's going to be. Or, however long this goes on. Right. Um, so, uh, I came up with the idea when I saw that Nope was coming out. I was very excited. I think we all saw the the trailer. Even if we didn't watch the Super Bowl, it came out um, during the Super Bowl. And I'm like, ooh, what the heck is this? I had no idea what was going on. I saw the poster with the horse just floating in the air. I'm mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. I'm like... After given his track record already with only two films, I'm like, I was excited. How about you? Oh, so excited. I haven't liked a director this much ever, especially after only two films. Yeah, right. Two films. Well, maybe Quentin. He had Reservoir Dogs and then Pulp Fiction. And you're like, who's this guy? Yeah, but I was so annoying, though, back then (laughs) with my taste in movies Okay, that I refused to like him because I felt like I was super into Kung Fu movies at that time and like Hong Kong cinema. Okay. And, uh, yeah. So I kind of refused to like him cause I felt like he was ripping off directors that I already liked, but oh, of course that's he was. a completely different topic <laughs> for a completely. <laughs> right. But Jordan Peele, I mean, I remember him, I knew he was in, um, mad TV, but I didn't watch mad TV. I didn't really, he didn't really pop onto my radar until Keen Peele the sketch show on Comedy yeah. Central. Did you watch that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I didn't like watch every episode, but I, I definitely uh, watched a lot of it. Oh, yeah. I, I watched that. I, I was hooked immediately. I, I was like, ooh, this is fun because, you know, it was Chappelle's show first and everyone loves Chappelle. Mm-hmm. And then he like halfway through the what second season or even I don't even know if it was halfway through or third season. He was just like, all right, I'm out. I can't handle this no more. Yeah. And then. Then Key and Peele came out and everyone, they got some backlash saying, ah, they're just ripping off Dave Chappelle. I'm like, well, look, <laughs> maybe they are, maybe they aren't. So they're doing their own thing. They didn't really copy any of the sketches. They're doing, they're writing their own stuff. And I heard, right. I heard interviews later on with both Key and Peele and Jordan wrote a lot of the really great bits that they did on the show. And he was just, uh, from what I gather, he wasn't a... He was an intellectual. I think he wasn't allowed to watch TV when he was a kid. All he did was read books and stuff like that. And um, I said that plenty of times on my on my main show. But yeah, now it's time to spread or give the love. What do you know about Peel? Like, like what, what's your history with him? You know, I I don't have a lot of history other than like what you just said. Yeah, but. When coming from that background of like thinking about him as being a comedy writer, mm-hmm. um, when Get Out, like the first trailer that you see for Get Out, I don't know if you remember how it was a very, very short teaser trailer mm-hmm. that was like the first trailer for it. And you could still like go watch it on YouTube or whatever, but it had such an effect on me. Like I was like, oh, oh shit, this looks, this looks really scary. And as somebody that watches like just a ton of horror, Mm -hmm. like everything from like, just worse than B movies (laughs) all the way to like whatever's, yeah, all the way to whatever's like popular in the theater. Mm -hmm. Like it's hard for something to catch my eye, you know, for me to be like, oh, I'm excited about this. But from that very first teaser trailer, I was like, oh, holy shit, this looks really scary. But then finding out who was directing it was very confusing. Mm-hmm. It was like, wait, he's a comedy writer. Like, how's this going <laughs> to, this isn't going to work. How's this going to work? Right. Yeah, but uh was really, really impressed with it. Super impressed with it. Now, 
forgive me if, if I misremember, but it was, wasn't it just Daniel Kaluuya sitting in the chair, like ripping yeah. the chair and like a tear just yeah. comes down his eye? Yeah. And it was just like, man, that is, that's intense. And that mm-hmm. looks really scary. And then like the next trailer had like the, the teacup and you know what? I now have a fear of like <laughs> blue and white porcelain teacups <laughs> like forever now. Stirring but. it while jump, yeah. gently and then rubbing it had, the sides. Yeah. And like him falling through the, yes. through like the void or whatever. What do they call it? The sunken place? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. They had, it was like him falling and, but then you see, I think if I'm remembering correctly, they cut in the scene into the trailer of the white police officer getting out of his car. Mm-hmm. And that's when you're immediately like, shit. <laughs> I remember, you know, I didn't, I didn't rush out to see this movie. I didn't even see it. It took me a couple of years before I'm like, all right, I think it was on, yeah, it was when it was on Netflix. That's when I finally saw it. Cause oh, I think oh. it was, oh, I love your beer cup, by the way. It's fucking awesome. Oh, thanks. My Care Bears. Yes. Uh, Care Bears <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I think it was it was a whole peel like peel like how is he gonna direct this? This makes no sense. How is he gonna write, produce, direct? I'm like I, I don't know. And everyone's all hyping it up, and I was like I don't know what it was. Maybe I was just wanted to be contrary to everyone. I was like I'm not gonna see this. But then I finally saw it uh, a couple years ago when it was on Netflix, and I'm like holy shit, this is this is nothing like I expected. I thought it was gonna be scarier. This was more like a it was more like a suspense. Yeah, kind of a thriller. Mm-hmm. It has a very, um, at times, like a very Rosemary's Baby vibe. Yeah. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Where with all of the like, you know, creepy white elderly people like surrounding him all the time. And like everybody's always staring at him, always watching what he's doing and stuff. It's like a very, yeah, but. And then the, the, the servants, for lack of a better word, at the house, just acting very very odd and strange and saying weird weird things yeah i don't know who i don't know the name of the actress that plays um was it georgina yeah the the maid of sorts whatever her name is yeah yeah um i'm looking I don't it up right now betty gabriel actress, and i yeah and i should have looked it up she's so amazing mm-hmm. at pulling off that really creepy just and you know it's hard to pull off like being really creepy when you don't have that many lines. Right. But she pulls that off like so well. She's just like the way she stands so stiffly and like tilts her head down and the, the creepy smile and always adjusting her hair, you know, and you find out later that she's combing her hair over the, you know, scar. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, it's like she's so good. Just so good. Well, let's, let's get into uh get out. Then we're going to go through all three of his films. Um, for those of you who haven't seen Nope yet, you know, you're going to wait to the end and then you can fast forward or just pause and come back when you're done. <laughs> After no, you see yeah, it. that's fair. Um, so get out. Uh, I'm just going to go through um, what I found out, found online, just the plot. And we'll, we'll stop. You stop me if you guys, if you want to talk about, you know, certain aspects of the movie when we get there and your notes that you took, because. Uh, you made me look bad. You said you took notes. I'm like, oh, I should have Oh, my God. Been. <laughs> it was so much. It was so much. I've got, like, nine pages of notes between the three movies. That's all. It was I wrote down for each. Like, I, yeah. Oh, I, I got some nitpicks. I mean, these aren't perfect movies whatsoever. So I got some nitpicks. <laughs> right, right, right. So wait till we get to us. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. So 
get out. Uh, Chris Washington, Chris Washington, played by Daniel Kaluuya. Is that how you pronounce his name? Kaluuya. I think so. Yeah, I think Kaluuya. so. Kaluuya. I think it's Kaluuya, not Kaluuya. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya. Chris Washington is a black photographer from Brooklyn, New York, preparing for a weekend visit to upstate New York to meet the family of his white girlfriend, Rose Armitage. Hesitant, he asked Rose if her family knows about their interracial relationship, which I think, you know, is a fair, it's a fair um, question. I mean, if, if race is on his mind, you want to communicate that to your, your partner. You don't want right. to hold well, it and in. Yeah, you know, that's something that you don't want to, you don't want to spring that, like, you don't want to be on the opposite end of, like, have having that sprung on somebody's parents, mm-hmm. you know, like. But, you know, even before I would introduce someone I'm dating to my parents, I would tell all my parents, I would tell my parents all about them. Or, yeah, or, or show, would, share you know, pictures or something. They would have seen pictures mm-hmm. or, you know, like, but it is, it's a valid question, though. It's a valid question. Right. Um, but I, I just, uh, I, that's one of my nitpicks, I guess, is I figured if they're that deep into the relationship, the parents would have seen or at least, you know, know known that, that fact already. And he wouldn't have had to ask for right. it. But, you know, it sets it up for, for what the, the movie's all about. So I get it. Um, he, she assures them that they are not racist. While there, Rose's brother, Jeremy, and their parents, neurosurgeon Dean and hypnotherapist Missy, make disconcerting comments about black people. Uh, I think everyone there at the, par- at the party made disconcerting um, comments and vaguely racist. And it was all like, uh, it was bad. Yeah. Um, and Chris witnesses strange behavior from the estate's black housekeeper, Georgina, and groundskeeper, Walter. Um, now, Dean and Missy were played by, uh, let me see here. I, I, I mean, I, I know Catherine Keener is Missy. Bradley Whitford, that's who it is. Bradley Whitford. Um, he's been in so many things throughout the 80s and 90s, Bradley Whitford. <laughs> it's kind of hard not to picture yeah. him in this. Like he was, I remember the first time I saw him was he was in Revenge of the Nerds, too. Oh, you're, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, he played the... Uh, totally forgot about that. <laughs> That's, and then, of course, I think a little bit more recently, uh, Billy Madison, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. he was the weasel. He was Eric the weasel. <laughs> so to see him in... in like, I mean, he's done serious roles before, but this is... Uh, um, it was it was nice to see uh, Bradley and Catherine on there. Because they were faces you know. You know, like when it comes to Daniel uh, Kaluuya and uh, Allison Williams played Rose... I had never seen their faces before. So, you know, during a right. movie like this, a small budget movie, it's nice to see a, a familiar face. Right. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, some not huge name actors, but, right. you know, somebody with a solid background, you know, like was willing to invest their time in this project. Mm-hmm. Probably going to be good. Probably going to be good. Yep. There you go. Uh, let's see. One night, Missy pressures Chris into a hypnotherapy session to cure him to cure his smoking addiction. I I don't know if he's an addict. I didn't see him chain smoking. <laughs> I think, well, like the only references I think we get to him smoking before that is in the car, right? Mm-hmm. Where like they're in the car and he rolls down the window to smoke and she's like, nope, no. Yeah. You're not, you know, she throws his cigarette out the window or whatever. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Is I that, do they show, I don't think they show him smoking before that. Right. Yeah. It was just the, right. the the night he went out. Um, and that that was a weird scene. So he goes out at night. He I think he hears something because they 
early in the movie, when they're driving to the house, they hit a deer, right? And he goes and investigates in that horrible sound, and that's when the uh, the cop pulls him over right after that, right? Yeah. And yeah, and the cop pulls him over, and you find, and that's when you find out he doesn't drive because right. he says the cop asks for his driver's license, and he says, "I have a state ID." Mm-hmm. And then you think that Rose is defending him by saying, "You know, he wasn't driving. You don't have to show your ID." Right. But, but then you find out later that she just didn't want him to the cop to be able to ID him or remember who he is because she's about to fucking kidnap him. Yeah, because if let's say a missing uh, missing persons report gets filed, you know, in a week or so, his name pops up and then that oh, this uh this cop has a report with the guy's name on it, so he was seen here with this, with yeah. this person. Yeah. So you you think that at first like, oh, you know, she's She's defending him. She's doing the cool thing. But then later you're like, this bitch. <laughs> right. And that, that, that's, I credit that to Jordan Peele's writing. That was an excellent writing little device that he did right there. Yeah. Plot yeah. Device. That was an excellent kind of circle back. And, you know, you do get like, you're, you get tense when you see, you know, he's like, this is the stereotype of the white cop with the shaved head. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you get nervous when you see this cop like getting out of the car and like talking to them, and whatever. So, and then he turns out to not be the bad guy. Yeah, yeah. This he, time he turns out just he's trying to do his job. Yeah. Um, oh, that brings up something. I just want to like quickly. Yeah. Which ending? Did you watch the alternate ending or the theatrical ending? The the happy ending. Or did you watch both? No, I did not watch both. Okay. Um, let's see here. Okay, so the um after he goes out and he's smoking, or he tries to have a cigarette anyway. Uh, I think he starts uh, hearing that the the deer right. Doesn't he have like a flashback? And then all of a sudden he sees this figure running at him, and it's Walter, the groundskeeper. Yeah, that was yeah. so freaky. Well, yeah. So before that, so that's another really good like, hey, we're for hey, you know, it's like in your face. But you don't necessarily realize it. So um, the father takes Chris upstairs and is like showing him. He's giving him the house tour. Right. And it's like the annoying family home tour. And he shows him the pictures of the grandfather. Do you remember mm-hmm. that? Who was like just missed being in the Olympics. Oh, because yeah, he got, yeah. Yeah, because he got, be- he got beaten out by a black man. And he almost got over it. You know, and it's like really cringy moment mm-hmm. um and then later you see this man and he's running and he's not just running at him like you know a normal person goes out for a jog he's like full on olympic sprinter style like sprinting oh that's a good point i never made that, that connection yeah yeah and you know you don't necessarily connect those two things mm-hmm when you the first time you see the movie, but right. like it was glaringly obvious the second time I watched it. I was like, Oh yeah. 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 Should have known. It's right there. Yeah. The creepy part is it just seemed like he was bearing down on Chris. Like he was just gonna come at him like a truck. But then at the last second. Yeah, he's gonna he like run through him. Yeah. yeah. And later on he's like, Oh, I'm sorry if I scared you with my exercise. I go, Who fucking exercises like that? <laughs> In the middle of the night. Right. Nobody. Nobody does. <laughs> nobody does that. 
Oh, it's so weird. All right. Um, let me see. And here. It's, it's so off putting. Yes. It's just so off putting the way that he speaks to Chris. And mm-hmm. it's like, it, it, it's like an old white guy. I mean, it's exactly like my granddad, you know, like mm-hmm. this guy sounds like my granddad. Oh, yeah. You know? But he makes that comment about Rose. Oh, she was one of the good ones or something like that. Oh, she's a, what does he say? I should, I, I should have wrote it down. Keeper. It's some antiquated. I don't know if I wrote it down. Yeah, but it's just so weird. And then Chris got off put by it. And I'm like, shit, I would too. <laughs> it's like, what the hell's going on? Why do you yeah. say that about someone? How, why do you say that about anyone's girlfriend or partner or whatever? Yeah. And the the brother, we haven't talked about Rose's brother yet at all. What is the brother's name? Jeremy. Jeremy. Je- I, you know what? I wrote his name down and I asked that question right before I looked at my notes. <laughs> and in my notes, I wrote him down as Jiu-Jitsu Jeremy. Because, of course, he's into Jiu-Jitsu. Of course he is. Right. Um, and he's like, he's the first person who kind of seems overtly racist. Right. Like, in the family, he's like not doing a great job of hiding it when he's talking about how, uh, you know, Chris would be a good, he's got a great body for being a fighter. And if he just like studied MMA or whatever he says, um, and then he starts talking about how into jujitsu he is and stuff. But it's like he's the first person that is like just aggressive. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But that Chris. almost makes him less scary because at least you know what you're getting with Jujitsu Jeremy. <laughs> right. Like the rest of the family is just like, you know, too almost too nice. Yeah, because uh, uh, the mom and the dad, they're trying their hardest to make him feel accepted. And yeah. at first you're just like, oh, you know, they, they love their daughter and this is their their daughter's boyfriend. And we want him to feel like he's welcome here, not like he's putting them out or or whatever. And so right. that's, that's the that's the vibe I got in the beginning. And then the vote the, would have voted for Obama for a third term. You know, that's yeah. like I know every, we all cring, we all cringed, right? We all cringed right then. Yeah, that, I mean like, that was like a little too. You're trying too hard now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like well, just walk it back. Just go ahead and walk it back. <laughs> you almost lost him there, but he stayed on the hook. Uh, let's see here. Um, so that's when we get to the the hypnotherapist session and. Basically, she's just being calm with him and, and talking with him. He told him straight up, I'm a hypnotherapist. And he asked if it really works. But she didn't ask him if if he uh, if he um, wanted to be hypnotized. She just did it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think the hypnosis, like, or the suggestion, mm-hmm. I guess not direct hypnosis, but the suggestion had already started earlier with like the clinking of the spoon on the iced tea glass. Right. When, you know, uh, Georgina's pouring it and she kind of, it looks like she kind of snaps out of her own hypnosis for a second. Cause like, you know, her face changes. She looks afraid and she's like over pours Chris's tea. And then she's like clinking the spoon um, so I think when you get to that scene and you realize that her uh, suggestion device, I don't know what you call that in hypnosis, actually. I have no clue. I don't know anything about I wouldn't about know either. Hypnosis. Never been hypnotized. Never done anything like that. But right. when you realize that that's, that's the device, you're like. <sighs> right. Uh, let's see here. So during the session, um, he confessed that his mother was killed in a hit and run. 
when he was a child and that he feels responsible for her death as he waited too long to call for help. Um, he enters a void. Missy calls the sunken place, as you referred to earlier, and that's when yeah. he's just like dr- falling like in a in a dark vacuum. I wouldn't even call it a room yeah. or anything. Um, then the, the next morning he wakes up and he assumes that he just dreamt the whole thing, right? Right, because he wakes up in his own bed, right? Mm-hmm, right. And he just like startles awake. Yep, and then... Uh, yeah. Until Walter acknowledges their brief session the night before. That's when Walter uh, said, you know, sorry for uh, scaring you with my exercise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. I'm, I'm looking down at my notes. I was just like, way yeah. too much. And then Chris is pleased uh, to discover that the hypnosis was a success and he no longer feels a desire to smoke, which I never got that. He always wanted to smoke in the first place, but I already mentioned that. Yeah, because, you know, smokers, at least heavy smokers, you'd think he would be wanting to smoke, like, go out and smoke, like, every hour or so, at least, or every couple of hours, Mm -hmm. at least, but we've only seen him try to go out and smoke, like, one time. Yeah. Or they could have made a a point to show him, like, hey, before I leave here, let me, let me smoke up, you know, so at least show him lighting a cigarette, and then they could have cut to, like, already during the trip, Maybe, maybe they stop at a gas station, he smokes another one. That would have been a maybe a maybe that maybe maybe they did film it and they cut it for time. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It could have been like something that that's cut for time. But you know, they're happy that he's no longer a smoker because you know they don't want any damage to his body because they need it. <laughs> they need it in pristine condition, right? Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Um, oh, and then there's the the phone incident, right? Where. He goes to to use his phone and he finds it's uh, the battery's drained and it's unplugged even though he knows he oh mm-hmm. he uh, he plugged it in. Um, what are your takes on that? Because uh, Georgina comes and says, "Oh, she's sorry. She moved it and she put it back up. She didn't unplug it on purpose." Um, why why would they? Oh, have- that scene is so creepy. Mm-hmm. That scene is so creepy because like. When he goes upstairs right before that scene, everybody's like, they're having the party and they're like talking and, you know, there's just like a ton of people in the house and they're all talking. And as soon as he goes up the stairs, they all stop. And look at him. Right. And yeah. And they're all just like looking upstairs and you're like, oh, fuck, what did they do or what's going on upstairs? And then he gets up there and it's just that his phone is unplugged. And, you know, the gr- doesn't the girlfriend come in? And he tries to tell Rose, right. like, this is what happened. And she kind of gaslights him. Like, the mm-hmm. gaslighting is very, very strong here. And then he feels bad because he feels like he snitched right. on this woman who works there. And uh, her apology seemed she, very genuine, though. But it's, it's still creepy because mm-hmm. it's like, she says... I didn't like, she's like, I didn't mean to touch your cellular telephone. <laughs> right. They're like, who says that? Nobody says that. And that's, you know, his gut at that point is already just screaming at him. Mm-hmm. You know, something's not right. Something's not right. And he's ignoring it because he's trying to be nice. You know, that's a good point. Cause a lot of these movies, when shit like that happens, the, the character is like, Oh, okay. And you're like, no, like the audience knows but you could tell the way uh, Daniel was portraying Chris that he was feeling the, the, the his gut feeling, and but suppressing it, though. 
And I, yeah, I, I felt like, that come through tell. his performance. Yeah, and that's why I love the best friend, Rod. Oh. I love that when he calls Rod, real? Rod is like, and it's it's a funny conversation that they have where he's like, you know, um, he does this little monologue about Jeffrey Dahmer. Right. And how, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer cutting people's heads off and like uh, white people kidnapping people people and using them as sex slaves. And oh, that's he be- goes on this whole, but he's not that far off. Yeah. <laughs> from the reality. Oh, yeah, but- yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought you meant, because didn't that really happen? Didn't one of Jeffrey Dahmer's um, prisoners escape? And yeah. they said, oh, um, that's just my boyfriend. We're having a spat. And then they, they helped him get... The, the the quote, quote yeah, boyfriend the back get, yeah the cops helped him get the boyfriend back upstairs yeah yeah and that really happened and that's fucking scary to think about <laughs> that that really happened yeah that really happened and it was actually i believe a young black woman who called the police and the to try to get help for this like naked asian guy on the street mm-hmm and then Jeffrey Dahmer comes out and just gaslights the shit out of everybody and the cops believe him. Right. Yeah. But I but just like I love that scene with Rod because he's not that far off. Like yeah. what he's saying sounds really crazy, but he's not that far off from like what's actually about to happen to Chris. And he's like telling him, "No, get out of there. You need to get out of there." And he's not wrong. Right. But yeah. then, you know, the phone cuts off. And, you know, the phone goes dead and he's like, oh, shit, his battery went dead. So he what does he do, though? He waits because he doesn't want to seem crazy either. Right. He doesn't immediately go to the police. He waits a little bit and waits and he waits until the next day. Right. Before he goes to the police and the police treat him like he's crazy. (laughs) That's crazy. And the detective's like, I got to call these other fools in here and listen to this. And then. (laughs) Yeah. And he's trying to convince them and. They're just laughing at him, and but wouldn't you too? Like, wouldn't it seem kind of really far fetched, like that this would happen? Like, you don't, you're going through your your police person, your detective, and you see all this stuff every day, and then this guy comes out of left field, and his sincerity is there, and you're like, this guy be fucking, this guy's got to be fucking with us, right? Right. It's like this guy is very passionate about what he's saying. His friend's definitely missing, but he's just like some white people kidnapped my friend and made him into a sex slave yeah i guess was a, a little too far but um then then the next call when he he takes a picture he takes the picture of um andre mm-hmm. you know the first scene in the movie is like is andre getting kidnapped off the street right oh shit yeah yeah so he's it's the it's jujitsu jeremy's car Oh, that's right. right. And yeah. he has, yeah, and he has like that night helmet on, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And he couldn't. And um, we don't know who he's on the phone with talking to. We find out later that it's Rose that Andre's talking to on the phone. And they've given him like a fake address, and oh, yeah, he he's walking around. It. But that's how Jeremy knows where to find him is because he's on the phone with his sister, and he mm-hmm. drags him into the car, right? So then later, when you see Andre and he's wearing, like, old man clothes and yeah. talking like an old man and married to a 70-year-old woman, and, and you know, it's it's really weird. It's super weird. But Chris doesn't recognize him. He take, But he takes the picture of him, right? Mm-hmm. And the, the, and the, the flash, flash from the picture. Yeah. Yeah. Wakes him, wakes him up briefly, and he's like, get out. And it's like, 
there's the the name drop for the movie. You know, and and I gotta say that he uh, Jordan Peele, he meaning Jordan Peele, did that in all of his movies. Us, he said he had the character say us a few times, mm -hmm. and of course, nope. <laughs> they said nope a yeah, few times. Yeah, nope. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's really it works though. It, yeah. it works especially in in this movie especially mm -hmm. it works. Um. And you know you kind of think like oh wow this guy's being an asshole but he's not he's warning you he's trying to save your life he's trying yeah. to tell you to get out and then oh yeah and then then he goes um, into, they take him into the house and then he comes back out of the room and Missy's right behind him you know she she already put him in a trance again yeah yeah she's got that fucking teacup yeah she's carrying that fucking <laughs> teacup man and <laughs> yeah and so you know she's put him back under and he apologizes and he says. It's his epilepsy, but Chris has a cousin with epilepsy, so mm -hmm. he knows that's not what epileptic seizures look like. Right. And he's just getting continually like gaslit by Rose every time he tries to talk to her about it. Yeah, I I, I had a classmate in the fourth grade. He had epilepsy and he had a seizure in class. First time I've ever seen like that. It was kind of scary, kind of sad. Um, to be honest, kind of exciting at the time because I'm like, what the fuck's going on? Like, I'm not saying exciting like in the good exciting, but it you know it riled up the classroom. But there's adrenaline there. You're yeah, like, and there's a kid shaking on the ground. The teacher knew about it, so she was able to come over and and you know, and they got him to the nurse. And he came back like a week later, and he said he was fine. And then that's when I learned about epilepsy, and that did not look like an epileptic seizure that that guy had. No, <laughs> so Chris no, is right. it's like, yeah, it's like you don't you don't attack people if you're an epileptic. That's not what happens. Right. But yeah, but then you know he snaps that picture and he sends that picture to Rod. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and he's like, oh, yeah, that's Rod, that dude. Like, he knew who he was. Yeah. And he's like, who? You know, and then he goes on his whatever he says about he used to date so and so. You met him outside this movie theater or whatever it is, mm -hmm. like the story. But he's like, he recognizes the guy and then goes and starts Googling, like, oh shit, this dude has been missing right. for months. And I know that that's him in this picture. So that's his like evidence that he takes to the cops. Right. Is like I found this dude and he's not acting right, and they're like, "Eh." Yeah, that's very what circumstantial, do you want to do about right? It? Yeah. Yeah, so they don't really believe him. Um, and during the party, they just make all sorts of weird comments to Chris, like, "Oh, you know, oh, I like, awful. yeah, I like Tiger Woods, and uh, <laughs> what else? Uh, we should play golf sometime." And I mean, yeah. those are well, the, more like, the more mundane things, but I forgot what the I didn't write any of the the racist well, the, stuff like, they were saying. Before the little auction scene where they're like auctioning him off, you can tell each person's like motives for wanting Chris's body. Mm, so there's like the point. woman whose husband is paralyzed from the waist down, and she says to Rose, she's like, Is it really better? Oh, that's right. Like you, yeah. you know what she's talking about. And then <laughs> um the the guy that's blind but going blind but wanted to be a photographer but was never any good at it oh he yeah he was chris's eyes he seemed the most normal out of everyone though steven root yeah yeah unfortunately he was still shitty but yeah he seemed like the most he treated him the most normally mm -hmm. um the golf swing guy was yeah. very insistent he's like come on let me see i love tiger let me see your golf swing you know he he wants he wanted the his body own tiger. so he can be yeah he wanted to be tiger um there was one more, wasn't there? I feel like there was one more person at the party who said something 
Yeah, I, I like I said, I didn't break notes but down. I, I can't. <laughs> so I gotta bow down, bow down to you for taking notes. Even <laughs> I'm like, I have my notes. Right. Uh, some of them are completely unreadable, and a lot of them just say "fuck that." And I'm like, why did I write that? <laughs> so, I don't know. I wrote "fuck that." Some of them I I spilled beer on and it's smeared. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he, he, that whole party scene is so weird, and you can tell they're like sizing him up like a mm-hmm. piece of livestock almost yeah. and it's like oh this is really well, this is really getting creepy when you when you first see it you just think like the i just thought that people just were being awkward around them because they're not used to seeing black guys or, or having black right. guys like around. this is old old white people in don't they say they're in like mississippi or they're in upstate new I york i can't remember oh the upstate new york mm-hmm. i can't but weren't her wasn't her family like they could I don't have remember, been. but I, I feel like at some point in the movie they said her family was from somewhere else, but I can't remember. But whatever. Um, but it, it's, yeah, like you think, okay, old white people are awkward mm-hmm. around young people, but they're especially awkward around young black people. And right. so, yeah, it's like, but it's it's just, it continues to get creepier and creepier. And then he's, you know, obviously he's upset and he needs a break from this shit. Right. So he goes off into the woods with Rose for a walk, but then they're auctioning him off while he's like out in the woods being gaslit by his girlfriend some more. Right. But didn't she say like we can get out of here? Like let's leave. So this is all part of her plan. Yeah. Remove him, let him yeah. have the auction, and say hey, we can leave. Because she's that we found out later. We find out later she's done this like almost a dozen times before. Yeah, and well, so when they're going, they're going back to the house. So they have the auction with the little bingo cards, mm-hmm. and blind guy wins, right? Mm-hmm. And then they're as they're going back into the house, the family, the brother and the dad and Missy, the mom, they're all they're standing on the porch and they're waving goodbye to everybody. And all the cars, the black cars, are like pulling out. So that almost feels like a relief right. that all of the people are leaving. Except the way that the family is now staring at him. It's mm-hmm. like they're no longer even trying to be nice. They're just like, you know, they're just arms crossed, really focused, like staring at him. And uh, yeah, well, and then that's kind of when all all hell breaks loose. And I think they're um, sizing him up to see how well this uh, acquisition is going to take. Right, yeah, like, is he going to put up a fight? Like, Mm -hmm. what's about to happen? Does Jeremy finally get to put somebody in a headlock? You know. (laughs) Because he probably did that with Ray, or Logan, or whatever you want to call him. Yeah. He's a a very slender guy, so I could see Jeremy taking him down pretty easily. Yeah, yeah. He definitely tried to put that. He definitely tried his little two-stripe white belt jujitsu moves on that guy. (laughs) Two-stripe white belt. (laughs) I'm being so mean. I'm sorry to everyone that I know that does jujitsu and you're all very nice people. No, but you're making making fun of... There are a lot of people that I know that... (laughs) You're making fun of Jeremy, though, not not the people that know you. Right. I'm like, but yeah, there's a type there and none of the people that I actually hang out with are that type of person that does jujitsu. But there is a type and... I, I know that they will know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Jeremy is that type. Um, yeah, so what what happens? He like goes he goes upstairs 
and he's like wanting to leave so he's like they're packing up right and she's like stalling she's like oh i can't Let find me my, go key. Get my suitcase yeah he keeps and saying, then i can't find the keys yeah i can't find the keys um they were right here a minute ago and when i first saw this i'm like oh georgina took him that's what i was thinking i still i was still didn't i still wasn't implicating rose in this thing at all it wasn't until it was like like a moments later that she realized you realize oh she's been doing this the whole fucking time yeah because there's that closet there's that little tiny closet and he's like zeroes in and have you ever noticed that in a horror movie a small door in a big house is never like a good thing <laughs> there's never anything good behind a small door in a big house that's a good Nothing. point that's a good point <laughs> oh, this one, so, uh, doesn't Chris attack Jeremy or Jeremy attack Chris? Because I remember them wrestling on the ground. That happens That happens when they get downstairs and, like, Rose is, like, still, I can't find the keys. Yeah, okay. But he opens this, like, small closet door and there's, like, the box of pictures in there. Oh, that's, yeah, there we go. That, yeah. That, that's, that's, and, that's you know, because she was, was like, to. she had made a point of telling him, like, you're my first black boyfriend. Mm -hmm. And then there's pictures of her with, like, all of these people. Including, including Georgina. Georgina, yeah, yeah. Who is like, okay, so she was in a lesbian relationship with Georgina. She was in a relationship with the groundskeeper. Can't remember Walter. the characters. Walter. Um, she was in a relationship with Andre. It's like, she's done this. So, And then there's a bunch of people like, you don't recognize yeah, their faces. It's like, yeah. she's done this dozens of times. It's probably like production staff on the movie. Like, hey, take a picture with Rose for us. <laughs> yeah. But so then he knows, but he's having to play like he doesn't know because mm -hmm. he thinks he can still get out of this yeah if he can just get his hands on the car keys right yeah he, he just has to get to the car and that's his his salvation yeah but, so when he tries to go out and put the suitcase in the car and he's yelling at her about the keys and she's still playing along at this point she's still like oh my god they're in here somewhere looking i'm looking i'm sorry i'm looking mm -hmm. and then at some point you look over at like he looks over at her and she's like looking and like her demeanor changes and you realize she's in on it yeah and then he tries to go out the door and that's when the brother attacks him right and they start going at it a little bit and he gets put in that he finally gets put in that chokehold and then he wakes up downstairs in the chair yeah because missy does the trigger yeah yeah he, he uh, yeah Strapped in the, the chair, floor. and then that video, that creepy old white dude. I forgot. I, I I know I recognize him from other things. I just can't picture who he is or what other movies he's been in. But it's all like black and white. Like, wow, how long? How many people? And how long have this has this family been doing this? That's when I realized. Yeah, it, oh my it's, god, it's so creepy. It reminds me of those old Amway commercials. I don't know if you ever saw those. No, I know. I don't think so. But it, it's like. And I guess because Amway was kind of a cult or like a multi-level marketing scheme with mm -hmm. like cultish vibes. But, you know, they would show you if you went to an Amway meeting, they would show you this like recruiting tool video that was like very similar in tone to that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, hi, we're the Amway family. And it's like, you can find these on YouTube. I watched a bunch of them. They are super creepy. But the, it has that kind of like vibe. But they're telling this to the victim because they're like we just want you to know that the super horrible thing we're about to do to you is so that you can be a part of what we consider to be the greater good mm -hmm. so we want you to calm down and just be happy about it 
So uh, yeah, I guess that, that's Rose's grandfather, Roman, who was in the video. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So that's and Roman is in Walter. His consciousness is in Walter. Oh, is that right? Oh, okay. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't or, get that connection. Oh, because yeah, he's the runner. He's, he's the Olympic runner. The yeah. runner. So okay. his consciousness is in is in Walter, and then we find out the the grandmother, Walter's wife, is inside. Georgina. Right, right, okay. Oh, and they, that's yeah. why she says cellular telephone. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense now. So then, yeah. I don't know why I didn't, I didn't, maybe I was fucking space. Maybe I was texting somebody when, <laughs> when during that part. I'm guilty of doing that uh, on occasion. Oh, yeah. I mean, there have been times when I've had to like rewatch movies three times because I was on my phone. Like, yeah. I have to just unplug it and put it away. Um, but yeah, so he wakes up in the chair, he sees the creepy video, and then they, the blind guy, I can't remember the character's name. Uh, see, I know it was played by Steven Root, uh, from TV fame, uh, I can't find yeah. him on here. But that's oh, the big is. reveal, Jim, is that, like, yeah, there you go. That's the big reveal, is that, like, he, he's like, I want your eye for photography, yeah. So no, he literally physically wants his eyes. He the and there's a surgeon there, right? To, oh, the the uh, the dad, the dad's gonna take dad, his eyes yeah. out. The, yeah, the dad is a doctor, and they've so they said that so many times in the movie. He's a doctor. He's a doctor. So he's gonna perform this like surgery. So they take, uh, they take Jim to the operating room, mm-hmm. and I have one major huge problem with this like surgical procedure, and it's not that it would in no way work. It's that there's candles all over the operating room. Yeah, that is weird. What's Why about? are they there? <laughs> they're literally only there to like burn the house down later. Like they're these candles are a plot device. They're there to get knocked over. And I was like so annoyed by this. Like I saw this movie in the theater the first time and mm-hmm. I remember being like <laughs> Why is this here? This would not be here. But I- yeah, you know what? You're you're right. I, I know when I first saw it, I was like, "Why in the hell do they need candles in an operating room? There's just a big fluorescent lights. They just need light. They don't need fucking mood." <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. I guess if you, I guess you can write that off as like, well, the candles are part of the metaphysical part of the procedure that the cult has figured out. Mm. Um, what do they call the? They call it the. I have it on my notes. Coagula procedure. Huh. And I have no idea. I meant to look that up and see if that was some kind of a thing. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's uh, something I never heard of or don't know what it is. Oh, I, the only thing I can think of is like coagulation, but I right. don't know if that has anything. But I thought that just meant there's like probably blood. some deeper meaning there, but I I didn't look it up. Yeah, I thought that just meant like blood clotting or you know collecting or something like that. Yeah, but at the end of the video, Roman says, behold, the coagula, and then oh, it cuts right, yeah. off. And then, yeah, they call it the coagula procedure. So that, so he's going to, if if there's like a cult part of this or a metaphysical part of it that needs Maybe that's giant it. candelabras, that's the only way that I can explain <laughs> that. Other Maybe. than it's a plot device because it has to burn the house down. Right. And maybe that's the name of their cult, the coagula. Yeah, the the coagula. That, that's a horrible um, name for a cult. <laughs> I don't want to join that cult because yeah. the name. Um, yeah, I'm like, no thanks. Pass. I'm going to pass. 
and then uh, uh, Jujitsu Jeremy comes to grab Chris for surgery, and right. uh, yeah. it's revealed that Chris blocked the hypnosis trigger by plugging his ears with cotton stuffing. How where do you get the stuffing from? How do you get it in his, in his ears? out of the chair? So oh okay. You know, they, they they showed him when he was a kid in his flashback about his mom, mm-hmm. and he's like scratching the bedpost. Right. Yeah. Like this, and he has all of this uh, sawdust from the bedpost, mm-hmm. like on his hands and under his nails. And then when he's getting hypnotized and sent to the sunken place the first time, they show him scratching the chair. Right. And then while he's watching the video, he's, he's like aggressively scratching the chair, and you see like it starts to rip. Mm-hmm. So he's gotten that like out of the And that's another thing and, like, Jordan really does it. very well is doing the callbacks. And he does it on purpose. He'll put some early in the movie that you won't even think about. And then when it comes up later, you're like, oh, shit. That's from the beginning. Yeah. He likes doing yeah, that. I, I respect that. That like you have to be such a good writer. Mm-hmm. You have like an overall vision that you've put down. And I like. I wish I had that in literally any area of my life, but I don't. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he's he's put the cotton in his ears so he can't uh, hear the sound that's going to knock him out. So he can't be knocked out. Mm-hmm. And then he, what is he, he, he hits him over the head with like a, is it a ball from the pool table or is it like think, a bocce yeah. ball? Yeah, I thought it was something a, like that. a billiard ball, yeah. Yeah, he hits him over the head with that a and bunch of times. knocks him out. Yeah, I and think then he, he doesn't kill him though, right? At that point. Yeah, he doesn't die. I guess he's he's just knocked out, right? Because mm-hmm. he comes back later. And then he goes. the The dad gets worried that because he's already removed Jim's skull cap and exposed his brain, and then the victim isn't there yet. So he's like, "Oh, you know, Jeremy's always fucking off doing jujitsu and goofing up." And so he like goes down the hallway. And you know. And- and and that that's one of the things that bugged me too was why would you perform surgery on the receptee before you do it on the why wouldn't you take the eyes out first and then and then put them on ice and then maybe he wanted well, he's, fresh well he's swapping his whole brain he's oh, not just whole... taking his eyes he's swapping oh. he's putting Jim into Chris's body like they put the granddad into Walter. Oh, see, I, I did not get so that. He's like swapping. He's figured out how to swap people's consciousness into other people. Oh, okay. The whole uh, Young Frankenstein thing. Yeah. So the whole <laughs> the whole video of Roman, he explains that like, well, we think black people have superior physiology, but mentally they're not so great. And right. it's like this awful thing that, yeah, it's like this awful racist thing where he's like, we want black people's bodies. But yeah, it's it's awful. It is it's, it's exactly <laughs> slavery. It's exactly that. And then so he's got the skull cap off and now he's got to leave this like open brain. And he's just throwing the skull cap into a bucket. And I was like, <laughs> that was but, so gross to me. But still, I, I would maybe because he, he wants like the Daniel's or uh, um, Chris's brain. He wants it as fresh as possible and doesn't want to put like a put it on ice or freeze it. To transplant it, he just wants. That's why he would do um, Jim Hudson first, right? Yeah, maybe. I yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the logic is there. But, but you want you think you think you want to do it like 
simultaneously because then Jim's yeah, like you would have and... both people knocked out in mm-hmm. the room at the same time right. and start the procedure on both people at the same time. Yeah, you'd think. Yeah, but I'm most neuroscientist. Because he like so, he's so like, so I'm gonna take this guy's brain out and just you know sit it over here on this table, <laughs> just like boop, and then I'm just gonna pop it into this other skull real quick. Yeah, like it doesn't seem like. It would work, but this guy has candles all over the operating room, so who knows oh, that's what, what he's the, That's what the candles are for. It keeps the brain alive. <laughs> right, the candles. <laughs> or the body somehow alive. Somehow keeps the brain alive. Kind of like uh, um, um, Weekend at Bernie's too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, maybe he's just going to put a little hamster wheel in there and just, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so he goes out to find out what Jeremy's doing, and he goes in the hallway, and Chris gores him with the deer head that's right yeah yeah and i don't know what the meaning of all of the deer in the movie i don't know what the meaning was Mm -hmm. but he the dad has that whole conversation at the beginning where he's like i hate deer yeah they're taking over and um there's deer statues all over the house Mm -hmm. there's the giant you know deer head over the tv where it's like that's what he gores the father with after he gores the father he runs past the bedroom where you see two massive deer statues like on the mm-hmm. mantle in that room and they're like there that's a symbol for something i didn't go look it up and see what it was but it's there yeah, me either. it's throughout the whole movie you know they run over the deer that's how the whole thing starts so that there's something there i don't know what it is maybe somebody will let us know maybe it's an upstate new york thing maybe there's I a lot of know. deer hunting like, up there maybe yeah, but I, I don't know. There's obviously some kind of symbolism there. Something like Jordan Peele wouldn't have put it in there if it didn't mean something. Right. Yeah. Movie. He didn't put so. anything in there that that has no meaning. Right. Yeah. He's not just like, oh, well, this looks cool. So that's I'm going to do it. But um, yeah, he gores him with that and then runs down the stairs. He he kills the mom. Right. She goes for like the teacup. Yeah. To try to knock him out again. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Scatters the teacup, and then I she, does she have a knife? I can't remember how she dies. Um, she gets stabbed. Let me see if it's in the notes here. Uh, Chris kills Missy, but is attacked again by Jeremy. That's all it says in here. I think she As gets you, stabbed or something. And then. Uh, and then Jeremy, because of course he's still alive. Yeah. He. But he overpowers and kills Jeremy because obviously Jeremy's not hundred percent. Yeah. Um, so then he, but he finally, he finally gets to the car. Yeah. Chris finally gets to the car and he goes to drive off. And who's, and who does he run over? Uh, Georgina, Georgina, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you feel so bad for him at this moment. Like I was yelling because of his past trauma, right? Oh, his him mom run, died yeah. in a mm-hmm. hit and run. And now he's like hit. A and black has, woman, and he's like, I cannot leave her. Yeah. And you're screaming at him, just go. <laughs> right. But he hasn't figured out entirely that those two have been taken over. Or if he has figured that out, he maybe thinks there's still something he can do to like fix it. Right. Yeah. So but, he's but, like, but you're go. right. The, the whole hit and run thing, it's just another brilliant writing by Jordan yeah, Peele to, to make that. Yeah. Yeah, so it's another great callback. So he goes and he picks her up and he puts her in the car. And, of course, like, she tries to kill him. Mm-hmm. So 
he he has to like kill her it like her hair slips back and you see the scar right across her head where you can tell she's had the same procedure mm-hmm. and i guess that's probably when the moment when he realizes like oh shit this this is bigger than i thought it was and then and then the car then they she attacks him and the car crashes and she dies in the car crash oh that's right yeah that's right so he gets out of the car and then walter is there right right um yeah and rose rose is there rose yeah rose and walter are there um and then chris realizes that's when he grabs his phone and uses the flash and neutralizes Roman, allowing Walter, well, uh, Roman, who's in Walter, uh, allowing Walter right. to regain control of his body. And then Walter takes Rose's rifle and shoots her in the stomach before shooting himself. That fucking, I was like, holy shit, what the fuck? <laughs> he, yeah, that was kind of a sad moment. Like, that was really sad because, uh-huh. you know, he's just like, I'm not going to live this way anymore. And he kills himself. I was happy he shot her first. Right, yeah. I'm like, all right, cool. And then he can help Walter, but then Walter's like, I don't want to live like this no more. I'm, it's, it's not even me. I'm not killing myself. I'm killing somebody else. Yeah, yeah. So that that was a, a pretty a pretty sad moment. And then shocking too, when it, when it happened, you're like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah, not expecting that. And then the car pulls up. But the yeah, and you the, see flashing. the flashing lights, and you think the cops are there. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, shit, they're going to arrest Chris because obviously two people are dead. He's got blood all over him. So he puts his hands up, you know, like, hey, I'm not going to resist. And then he opens the door and you see airport on it. And you're like, oh, shit, it's Lil Ra Yeah, it's, T- yeah, it's, it's like TSA. And then he has the the best line of the movie, I think. Ron yeah. has the best line of the whole movie. And it's like his last line is, I told you not to go in that house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he did. So it ends on a good, like, funny comedy line. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But you didn't watch. Have you seen the alternate ending before? No. Okay. Do you want to hear about the yes. alternate ending? Yes, or, please. Okay. I was like, because the alternate ending is exactly what you said. It's the cops. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure why they swapped these out, but the alternate ending to me felt more real, or it's the police. Of course, yeah. And they, they arrest him, they arrest Chris, and then the next scene you see is he's in prison, mm. and he doesn't really remember much of what happened in the house. And uh, Rod is trying to defend him, trying to get him out of prison. And he's like trying to trigger his memory. And, you know, they just have a conversation. And basically he's like, I'm just glad it's not going to happen to anybody else. Mm. Oh, yeah. Chris is like, Chris is like, I don't care. I'm going to stay in prison, but I'm just glad this isn't going to happen to anybody else. Okay. Yeah. That's and that's, the first I heard uh, of it. Um, you can watch it on YouTube. It's only a couple minutes long. Like it's a real short yeah. video, but yeah, like. I'm not I'm not sure like I I did like the theatrical ending because I do like that line where it's like <laughs> I told you not to go in that house. But after all that it just it feels good to have like a happy ending. Yeah, to have that happy ending and happy resolution. Mm-hmm. The alternate ending definitely seems like more realistic. Yeah. But it's still not far fetched uh, and plus, you know, it brings back Ron, um, and he still brings levity to the whole... He, throughout yeah, the whole movie, yeah, he brought levity. 
yeah, it's still a it, it's still a good uh, it's still a good ending. Both endings work. So right. uh, let's see here. I got the IMDb page up. I'm gonna run through some of the trivia. I don't know if you knew this. Um, Jordan Peele said the title is also a reference to what he often hears black audiences shout at the screen while watching horror films, yelling at a character to get out in this movie. Rod and Andre both say to Chris. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Daniel Kaluuya was given the lead role on the spot after nailing his audition. Writer, producer, and director Jordan Peele and Kaluuya did about five takes of a key scene in which his character needs to cry, and each was so perfect that the single tear came down at the exact same time for each take. Wow. That's amazing. He's fucking talented, man. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. Wait, wait till we get to Nope. I'm like, this, this guy is something else. Uh, let's see here. When writer, co-producer, and director Jordan Peele was asked if Universal Pictures wanted him to do a sequel to the film, he stated, of course they have. It was the first thing they said. Let's do a sequel. He goes on to say, honestly, I'm open to it. I love the project, but I won't do a sequel just for some kind of cash grab. If it's right, if it feels good, and if I feel like I could beat the original, I'll do it. Yeah, I, I like that. I, that, you know, there's some integrity there. Mm-hmm. You're th- not willing to just... I think at this point in his career, no one's going to force him to do anything he doesn't want to do. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I think, um, I don't know the details of this actually, so I might just be talking out of my butt. But I think he had a contract with Bloomhouse. Mm-hmm. He might, yeah. And it was like ex- it was like an exclusive contract with Bloomhouse for these three mo- No, maybe it was with Monkey Paw. Okay. I can't remember, but it, it. I think there was like a Bloomhouse contract there where he had to do two or three movies with only them or something to in order to fulfill that contract. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, Bloomhouse is just like bought horror. Bloomhouse and A twenty four. Yeah. Have just like everything is either Bloomhouse or A twenty four now. In horror, they're they're easy. Bonkers. Yeah, I've heard I have I've heard interviews with uh, representatives from both, and they're just like, horror movies are so cheap. They're easy to make. If you bomb, it's not a it's not going to be a bad return on investment. It's just not going to be as great as say something like, like Get Out or Us. Yeah, but for them to pick up Jordan Peele, like, talk about the best deal they ever made. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. Uh, you know, and, and then, but another really good horror director too that I really like and and is uh, Juan James Wan. Mm, yeah, he was just he's just amazing to me. So he's another one that I will go and and watch a movie just because I know he's involved in it. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Chance the rapper was so impressed by the movie that he bought all of the movie tickets from a certain Chicago movie theater just so people could go see the film for free. In one of his tweets talking about the film, he says, just pull up with an ID and enjoy the movie. That's kind of cool. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. That's a nice thing to do. The movie was filmed in 23 days. Uh, Lil Rel Howry, Ron, uh, stated that the real-life TSA agents constantly recognize him since the film's release. (laughs) I can see that. (laughs) I mean, that's kind of fun. Mm Mm-hmm. Let's see. Jordan Peele was inspired to write this movie by Eddie Murphy's stand-up from... Eddie Murphy delirious. Murphy joked about horror films, including Poltergeist and Amityville Horror, and asked why white people do not leave when there's a good when there's a ghost in the house. 
Murphy joked that it's as, still a legitimate question. Yeah. That is still le- like, yeah, that that, that tracks. Uh, let's see. Uh, Murphy joked that as he was showing his wife around a beautiful home, uh, he heard a ghost whisper, "Get out." He would immediately tell her to, "Too bad we can't stay, baby." I remember that. That was uh, <laughs> such a great bit. Uh, let's see. Peel re- uh, repeated Murphy's joke on the DVD commentary of this film. I'm just going to do a couple more of these. There's a lot. They just seem to be oh, coming yeah, back I'm and sure. back. Um, the opening of the film is partially inspired by the opening of Halloween. That's a, that's really, that's, if you know, you just walking by yourself and then some masked, you know, murderer comes up and, yeah. and attacks you. I could see yeah, that. I also heard that the, um, the opening, like the, the pan across of the woods, you know, the opening mm-hmm. scene of like over flying over the woods or the way that was shot was a nod to the shining. Oh yeah, yeah, I could see that. Uh, let's see. And then he does this a very similar scene in uh, at the start of the opening credits of Us. I think the font for Get Out is also really similar to like the font for The Shining. I could see that. Uh, Jordan Peele commented that uh, the scene where Walter is running at Chris and the audience at full speed is a nod toward the power of depth in film. He cited North by Northwest. As an example of this technique stating someone running at you or towards you just creates a visceral and physical reaction for the audience. He's right. Cause it, the, Very true. The, the actor nailed it because he just looked straight at the camera, didn't veer, and just like it looked like at full force. Like he was just about to run you over. Yeah. Yeah. It, like He looked like he's about to just run straight through you. Like he's going to knock you down and mm-hmm. trample your corpse. And, and like, yeah, it's it's intense. Yeah, the uh, um, Bradley Whitford uh, explained in an interview that Jordan Peele wanted him for the role of Dean Armitage because of his prior role as Josh Lyman from The West Wing. I never watched The West Wing. I knew he was in it. I didn't watch that either. Yeah. This is really good. This, if, if you want to, there's a lot, a lot of trivia on this. I oh, just read I like bet. the top ones. Um, you know, th- this movie caused like a pretty big stir because it was nominated for Best Picture, which is unheard of for a horror film. A debut, also a black director. There's there's so many reasons why it made a big deal. It, it was a big deal when it came out. Um, yeah. Out of five stars, what would you give this one? Um, At least a four and a half. Like, really like this movie. I feel like I could watch this several more times. Yeah, I mean, there's so much stuff I still haven't picked up. I have to watch it again. Um. Yeah, and my only real nitpick with the movie is just the candles. The, ca- <laughs> the candles, yeah. <laughs> I'm so biased. 